Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Western North Carolina fishing report, but this time we've got the big mess himself, Shannon Messer. How you doing? I'm doing really good, Marvin. It's good to hear from you this year. Absolutely. It's good to hear from you too, and it's uh, hard to believe this is the uh, the first time we've spoken in a long time. I hope the water's been treating you well. So when I can get out there, the water's treating me well. Um, I've missed some really nice days not being able to get out on the water, but um, got a lot of friends and acquaintances that have had a chance to take a uh, you know advantage of this unseasonably warm weather that we've had for the start of 2021. And the fishing has been quite interesting, to say the least. Uh, everything from dries to streamers to nymphs. And it's just, you know, January. And I think February is going to turn out to be a great month for us as well. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because uh, we were just talking before we hit the record button. You know, so we're recording this on Monday, the 25th. It's going to be in the 60s tomorrow and then it's going to drop down into the basement and then it's going to warm up again for the weekend and um, I think it's going to probably still keep the fishing on track I totally agree with that and really this time of year too we're really we're more geared toward that cold cold weather fishing and it's a great time to be on the water for two reasons Um, number one I think the most important reason is you pretty much have the pick of the litter where you want to go the second reason is the fish will still eat. They have to eat. They're like us. They have to have some kind of food source. They may not eat as uh, often, or maybe you can't uh, detect the strike as easily, but the fish are going to eat. And in my experience, um, what we typically find is that your fish quality seems to be better. And the colors of these fish are just so beautiful this time of year. Winter is such a cleansing time, and when you get those sunny days and the light coming through where there's no vegetation, the water is so gin clear in the things that you can see and observe that you necessarily can't see in those summer months where they have a lot of vegetation. It's a great time to challenge yourself, watch the fish before you present a fly or drift a nymph or pull a streamer through a certain area, and watch those fish's reactions. And that really has a lot to do with just uh, the way the light kind of comes through and just comes off the bottom of the stream bed. And, uh, you know, you get to challenge yourself this time of year. Iron sharpens iron, as, uh, you know, Dale says. And this is a great time to really test yourself and get out and escape a little bit, too. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I think it, you know, to your point, things slow down. Um, and you know, you have to kind of manage expectations cause you're not going to have the same kind of day that you'd have floating the tuck in July. Right. Uh, but, uh, you're going to, you know, have a chance to pick up some good fish and, you know, also generally in the winter, you get to sleep a little bit later. That is correct. Certainly this time of year, it's, you don't want to, you don't have to rush out there, to, you know, before the crack of dawn. And that's the beautiful part. I encourage people, if you fish this time of year, you want to fish the warmest part of the day. So that's going to be your, you know, your early afternoon. Or if you know the stretch of water quite well, and you know when the sun's going to hit that water and it really starts to penetrate the water and it starts to warm up from the bottom, the bugs can start to get active, which really gets your fish into a feeding pattern. And if you can pattern that, 
you're going to set yourself up for an opportunity to have more success as if you're kind of blindly walking into a place that you haven't been before. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you like to break things down this time of year in terms of kind of tips and techniques? Uh, Great question. And and I honestly feel like this time of year, strike detection is key. So for the angler who likes to throw nymphs with an indicator, I truly think that your indicator will have a lot to do with the type of success you have. Meaning that strike detection with the way these fish will sip and spit your hook right now is so minute. And if you're not really in tune with that, you're going to miss out on fish and you say, well, I didn't get any strikes. Well, experimenting with different types of strike indicators, indicators and the size of the indicators can really go a long way you know, having a successful day or having an unsuccessful day based upon if you're measuring the amount of fish that you have a chance to catch. So being able to adjust those tactics when you're on the stream can go a long way. Um, I personally like, you know, a yarn type indicator. I make my own, but uh, we sell like the New Zealand strike indicators and a lot of folks like airlock. Any of those thingabobber styles, you know, this could be the time of year to maybe maybe downsize that a little bit, um, seeing if you're going to be a little bit more sensitive. So if you can get more sensitivity in those type setups, it can go a long way to helping you. And also, with these really nice days we've been having, Marvin, when you're throwing dries out there, you really need to watch your leader, watch your leader length, watch your presentation, and watch your drift. Um Right now, these fish are kind of holding in these uh, shallow pools where the sun is. You can line a fish real easily right now. So if you've got like a seven and a half or nine foot leader, that's probably a little bit too short. You know, getting that 12 to 15 foot length, really downsizing that with the tiny flies will produce fish for you. It's more technical, but it's also pretty doggone rewarding right now too. Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of... I guess, uh, help folks out when you're talking about sensitivity on that strike indicator, you're really kind of want there to be like the minimal amount of buoyancy in that indicator to float your rig, right? So like literally like the slightest little thing is going to make that thing stop or dip underwater. That is correct. I have two, um, phrases that I use with people when they come into the shop or I'm out having a chance to coach them up on the stream. Uh, number one, hook sets are free. Um, if you don't set the hook, you're probably not going to catch the fish. Every once in a while, accidentally, you'll hook a fish. Uh, but most importantly, assume everything's efficient to probe and otherwise. So if there's a slightest uh, change in that drift, you need to be setting the hook. And it can be so minuscule. Indicators are a great tool. You can suspend bugs at a certain depth. You can kind of use it to get it to a certain area if you can't reach it, understanding those flows. But as soon as something changes, you've got to be setting that hook. And when I'm out coaching folks on the stream and working with them, that's one of the things that I see happening the most is not maybe recognizing that strike or maybe not confident enough to know, hey, I shouldn't maybe set that hook. Um, So my piece of advice would be, hey, set the hook early, set the hook often. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to maybe downsize that indicator based upon what the fish are telling you. Absolutely. And do you see any difference in your neck of the woods? Kind of say, for example, fishing Deep Creek in the park, 
you know, versus fishing DH water like the tuck or the West Fork or the pigeon? Anything folks need to know maybe to change things up? Well, I think, you know, certainly a couple of things that I hit on right now is, you know, understanding how to read the water and knowing what the fish's tendencies are based upon what water temperatures. So currently, for the most part, this time of year, we run a lot of water temperatures in our national park in the 30s. Once you get to these other places, sometimes the water is going to be, a, you know, a wee bit warmer. Your tailwater, the water tends to be a little bit warmer, which means your bug activity is going to be a little bit different, which means your fishing activity is going to be a little bit different. I don't necessarily fish those pockets and areas and some of those wild streams. I try to look for those places that are getting a little bit more sunlight. Watch, uh, you know, watch for the bugs. You know, watch, watch for those little black, uh, you know, stones that come off or watch where those, um, those swarms of, uh, you know, the midges are. And then start to use your eyes. Fish with your eyes at first. Just don't barge into a hole. Let Mother Nature and your eyes tell you where the fish are and what they're doing. So if you see fish sipping on the surface, you have an idea of what's going on. If you don't see any of that uh, happening, then you have to start breaking down the stream in your mind and then start to approach it to where you're just not blowing through the stream. Meaning you just don't step into the creek and then cast to the far side. You need to start working closest to you and start working away and areas that fish tend to live in and feed in instead of like blind casting and lining fish with these super clear water we have this time of year it's super easy to line fish and uh, your shadow your rod shadow your body shadow can have a huge huge impact on whether you get strikes or you don't get strikes this time of year and that goes for anything in a national park that doesn't matter if you're on the east fork the west fork uh, Fires Creek or wherever, that's really important in those places. You can get away with a few things on the Tuckaseegee and maybe the East Fork of the French Broad or something, but in these more of your wilder type streams or DH streams that are, are you know, your natural creeks, it's going to be tougher. So you really, really have to watch yourself and challenging yourself and, you know, wearing the right clothing and stuff and minimizing your shadow is going to help you a uh, be more successful in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. That's all great advice. And, you know, the great thing, Shannon, is, you know, this is the Fishing Report episode where we draw the uh, the prize winner from all the folks that submitted questions last year. And before I give you a name, why don't you let folks know what the winner's going to get? Well, the winner, uh, talking to Dale uh, and Bobby, the winner is going to get a Tuckasegee Fly Shop hat, a Tuckasegee Fly Shop shirt, and currently, I'm sitting here at my uh, fly tying station, and I actually have a fresh dozen of IDKs um, that are very popular to shop. And I think I'll throw those in as well. They don't know that, but um, I will uh, make sure those are at the shop in the morning, and that will be part of the prize pack as well. Well, that's awesome. I really appreciate that, Shannon. Yep. And so the, the great winner is Dan Hawks. And Dan, uh, congratulations. I'm going to send your address and contact information to Dale and I'm sure he'll be in touch and he'll get you hooked up. And you know, folks, it is perfect. Absolutely. And you know, folks, we love questions at the articulate fly. You can send them to us you can email them to us. You can send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram page. We're going to keep the tradition going in 2021. If I read your question, I'll send you some articulate fly swag and you're going to enter into a drawing for something cool from the shop at the end of the season. And 
before I let you hop, uh, Shannon, why don't you uh, let folks know your two locations and your winter hours and all that kind of good stuff? Absolutely. So, folks, we are currently open uh, at two locations. Uh, the first one is going to be 3 Depot Street, Bryson City. On Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the shop in Bryson City is open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for foot traffic. And then on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, it's open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. for foot traffic. We are closed in both locations on Sunday. And then our Silva, which is 530 West Main Street. Silva, we are open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday. We're always open at TuckFlyShop.com. You can always find us there, of course. And... Uh, we're all, all of our social media stuff, as you know, there on our YouTube channel, Instagram, things like that. That's always open. And I think uh, you and I both and about everybody else find ourselves watching a YouTube video every once in a while yeah. these days. Yeah, just occasionally. And, you know, folks, uh, yeah, we're going to have, you know, it's going to be odd weather, but I think we're going to have good weather to get out. And, you know, I would encourage you to you know, get out there and use some of this great advice Shannon's given you in this report and go out and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Shannon. Tight lines, Marvin. <laughs>